Welcome back to Rorick Knows. Hi, I'm Rod Rorick, and I'm here to help you become a more educated and better you. So we're delighted to have Dr. Steve Fagan, an amazing internationally renowned oculopathic surgeon with us from Florida. So Steve, welcome. Thanks, Rod. Nice to be here. It's great, great to have you. We're going to talk today about toxins and neuromodulators and fillers. And not only is he an amazing uh, oculoplastic surgeon, but he's a world expert in fillers and neuromodulators. We've done a lot of studies together. We've presented a lot of things together and done live um, uh, inject injections around the world. So Steve, tell us about what's new in the filler arena today. I mean, it's so confusing. There's so many hyaluronic acid fillers out there. What do you use where? Where does one start? You know, as a consumer, people come to us because I know what I like to inject in certain areas of the face. And let's break it down into the fillers and then we'll talk about the toxins. So what, sure. how, do, how does a consumer, I know when they come talk to you, you obviously, you and I know exactly what we're gonna do and tell them where, what works, but so how did they sort it out? How does somebody that's never had fillers, they come to you and they say, what, what do I need, Dr. Fagan? What, where, where do you start and how are they, how do you stay, make sure they stay safe? Well, it's, it, it's a great question and a commonly asked question. So we see a lot of naive patients, meaning they've never had injections before. And you know, they basically say, you know, what do you think I need? And if you see a, a several people, injectors, physicians, uh, they all have their own personal biases based on their experiences. Sometimes it's not necessarily based on experiences and it's based on political uh, personal biases. They like <laughs> a certain company. And those, I find that that's just nonsense. I agree. You, know, you need to have somebody who is not, you know, uh, basically uh, aligned with only one company with one group of products. You, you need to have someone who wants to use the best product for you that'll work the best and is appropriate. So you and I do that same thing. I use them all. And it depends on many issues. You know, if a patient's young, has thick skin, needs very little, you know, they tolerate just about anything. There are some better products for them. Uh, but a patient who's older that has thin skin, some of the heavier products are just, just frankly too heavy. And, it, and it, just like with surgery, uh, these procedures should look undetectable. And you need to find and match the filler with the patient's problem, what their desires are, and, and what's appropriate for their, their tissue quality. You know, you evaluate the patient, get a sense of what they want. You know, everything, we learned it, we sometimes forget in medicine, it's the chief complaint. What did the patient come in <laughs> complaining of? You know, what didn't they like? And you get so distracted by things that you see that the patient doesn't even see or care about. But I always take that chief complaint very uh, seriously. and I. I, I remember the first order of business is what did they come in for? What did they want fixed? You can always suggest other things when they ask you or not, uh, but you got you to gotta fix the chief complaint. So if they're complaining of lines, for instance, and I know it's become criminal to treat lines, but it's not. Right. And if you don't correct their lines and you volumize them, like, which has become so, you know, ultimately very important. Uh, they still see the problem that they came in with. So I think line eradication needs to be part of your plan, including volumization. So after you've assessed them, you have a conversation with your patient and say, look, this is what I see. Let's make sure we're on the same page. This is what you want. And these are the products and procedures that we suggest would be optimal for you. So 
that's how I start right. the consultation through to the treatment, pre-treatment time. Yep, I like I like that. And we do we too tend to forget that. I always circle them back to what bothers you. And sometimes, mm-hmm. especially in the younger patient, I'll say, you don't need a filler, maybe a neuromodulator, but you don't need anything. Yep. And I, you agree. And then, and you're right, the lines, especially in the forehead, and you show beautiful results. And I think you can show us how you've transformed, especially in males. They can be 30 years old and they, they look like they're 50. And when you've transformed them by line filling, it's amazing what you can do. So it's the chief complaint. And then it's also the injector. You agree? I mean, yeah. how you do it? And, you know, and, and people get hung up on a technique that they think is the only way to inject. It's the problem we had with needles versus cannulas. And there's no one way. It's like somebody who has a preference for a surgical instrument. If that's the instrument that you like using and you're good at it, fine. fine. You know, just find what works for you and works mostly for your patient. So I use needles mostly because I think they're a bit more precise. Uh, and you're right. Some young patients only need, uh, sometimes they come in just for neuromodulators and, and oftentimes they want a little lip filler. It's become so popular to plump the lips up a little bit. And if you use the appropriate amount and the appropriate product, you get nice, natural looking results because patients want to look great. It's just like with surgery. You know, people sometimes just want a little bit of an enhancement. It, it's you're building confidence for these people. That's what the surgery does as well, but the injections for certain, they, they're confidence builders and these patients just look more confident and you need to look at them and you can even see when you take photos and do before and afters as we do in all these meetings that we're at. And you can see in great results, they just exude a particular amount of confidence that's palpable. So that's what I try to look at. How am I going to make this this particular patient not look different with fillers, but be their best self and enhance some of the so, things that their chief complaints suggested that they wanted to fix? So how do you approach that patient, especially the younger patients? You're right. Lip fillers, they want, they sometimes want a lot more than you will. You know, they want the Kardashian look. I don't do the Kardashian look. I'll send you to California or something. I don't do that. So how do you manage those patients in Florida? What do you say to them that... This is not, I mean, I, I don't want that to be, that's not my signature. Tell us about how you approach those patients. And, and they're beautiful, it, but you got to be rational. It, it, it's a big problem. And it, it's, I hate to use that the commonly used uh, phrase. It's a slippery slope because once <laughs> these patients go down that journey, it's kind of like, especially when they're overdone, oh. they're never quite satisfied because they never look good. And sometimes injectors think, well, if you're not happy with your results, it's because you need more, which is, it's an oxymoron. Right. You know, they're not happy with the result because the result wasn't good. So I think conservative stepwise approach, certainly for the first time patient or the young patient, is you show them how they can look better, sometimes with very small amounts of product in, in a few areas. As they get older, obviously the treatments get more complex, but I start them off rather slow and you let them come back for more. You treat somebody's lips for the first time and they leave the office and they go, oh my God, they're too big. At about seven o'clock that evening, they're saying (laughs) they're perfect. And seven o'clock the next morning, they say they're too small, I want more. So you, you have to let them get it because if they've had no experience with it, they don't understand that. And I always tell them the same thing that I just said. I said, you'll think they're too big. 
then you'll think they're perfect, and then you'll maybe realize or, or come to the conclusion that you think next time you might want more, and that's okay. You, I think you let them figure that out for themselves rather than just pound them with product the first time, and, and that just becomes a, 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 a never-ending uh, uh, event. I, I agree, and, and that's such wise words because I... I don't ever put more than a cc of any filler in the lip to begin with. I just, it just, especially in the naive patient, because it really, and also where you put it in the commissures, just make it look good. And, and I always tell them when they come in and they've been elsewhere, you know, and their upper lip is bigger than their lower lip, you know, and I said, that's not humanoid because that's only, you know, seen in, you know, giraffes and orangutans, not <laughs> homo sapiens, but you know, you can't do that. And, and then they eventually will get it because you're right. It's a vicious cycle. They'll go to spas. They'll go to some places and all of a sudden they'll look like a stay puff marshmallow. And it's a real, and, and sometimes you can't just melt that. You agree? No, you can't. And, and that's, that's a common phenomenon. I mean, what happens is they're not really happy. They've gone somewhere else right. and they're not really happy with the result. And the solution for their unhappy result when they went back was to put more product in and they're still not happy. It, it's, it's just, you need to make them happy from the start. And, and I think, honestly, as a doctor, that's what you should be doing. We need to not forget that we're doctors. We need to treat right. our patients with the utmost respect and do what's best for them. Yeah. It, the problem is it's a very lucrative business. Right. And by giving more product, injectors make more money. Right. I, I, I totally agree with that. And, and that's why I probably... It, on average, inject about half of what my patients want when they come to see me. And I think, honestly, long term, like you, they respect that because they'll trust me. Absolutely. I'm not here to just pump. I'm here to give them a great natural result. And that's why they so they come back and say, hey, I loved what you did last year. I like that. Let's do a little more. And and I'll say yes versus pounding it in, like you said. So so in the, in the remaining... F time I have with you. So tell me how you approach a patient that's, okay, the younger patient, you start with lips. And then uh, what about in the older patient? You know, I know the philosophy has been you go from top to bottom, from outer to inner. And tell us about the temples. That's kind of a forgotten zone. Do you agree? Tell us. I, mean, I, I actually love injecting the temples because if you inject the temples, it actually brightens their whole face. It's kind of part of that OG. Tell us about it that. It does. Well, first of all, Brad, and, and, and everybody knows this, you, you taught us about volume. And, and volume loss, before, you know, before your pivotal articles really wasn't very well understood. And, and now that we understand it better, you know, thanks to you, is that's what we look for. When we look at somebody, when, especially somebody who's got a pretty much a blank slate, and they say, you know what, what do you think I need? And right. you see they have those depressed temples. You see they have the, the atrophy of the mid-face. You see they start getting uh, pre-jowl sulcus or, or jowls. Uh, those are areas that you can volumize prior to doing surgery right. uh, and get very nice results. So I usually treat the volume first, volume as first. you do. Okay. Line filling is, is icing on the cake. Line filling is you make you you correct give them appropriate volumization. You follow. I know that we, we talk about the ideal proportions and they're important, but not necessarily universally applied. But you get them in an ideal situation from a volume standpoint, and then then you focus on the other things. And, and the other things are uh, neuromodulation, uh, fine line filling, 
uh, enhancement of other areas, including lips, which is volumizing typically as well. But that's typically my approach. And, and the products I use, I use most of them. Yep. Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the consumer needs to understand all of these hyaluronic acid fillers, they're all different. They all have their own personalities. Right. And, and one isn't necessarily better than another. It just acts differently in different patients and different t tissue right. qualities. So I will appropriate the product, the filler, based on the patient's needs. Right. Uh, there are certain products I have a, a liking uh, for because they're consistently good uh, and, and probably more universally applied to more patients. Uh, but there are some that I'll use on a particular patient. Same thing with, when we'll talk about neuromodulators. Right. There's some neuromodulators that I just prefer in certain profiles. Right. So just like the fillers, the neuromodulators are all a bit different. We think they're the same. And the, when they get to the muscle, they work pretty much similarly. But the, the, the active ingredient of how they perform is how they get there. Right. So let's talk about that. Let, you know, and of course, we do neuromodulators with fillers all the time. It's part, I mean, I, I do that all the time because I think it gives it one and they're synergistic. So tell us about, obviously, you know, we can use the word generic Botox. I mean, basically, Botox has been around for a long time and it's still really one of the hallmarks. And so tell us what's changed in the neuromodulators and from the Botox to now, there's longer lasting fillers, there's other ones coming. There's several yeah. of them that are now in the market. So tell us, how do you choose and how do you intermix them with fillers to give that patient that natural result that you, you, you're so good in, at doing? Well, you're right. Most of your patients, and you know, my patients, are coming in, they're, they're getting both uh, fillers and neuromodulators. And, and I think to give them a comprehensive global enhancement, they typically need both. I mean, every once in a while, they'll come in just for one or for the other. And one of the reasons they do that is because fillers have been traditionally, if you do them well, lasting about twice as long as typical neuromodulators. So they're getting fillers sometimes every other visit. So you know, the, the, one of the unmet needs, and, and Botox has been the gold standard. It is still, frankly, in many ways, the gold standard for neuromodulators. Right. And new neuromodulators have come out based on particular biases or issues that they believe were the solution to unmet needs with the gold standard Botox. One of them was immunogenicity, which is the fact that some people, the, the neuromodulators tend to last less with time, which interestingly, I don't see that much of that. Right. One of the uh, competitor products came out saying, we know a, a way to make that work better. We remove all the accessory proteins that are naturally occurring proteins around the neuromodulator, and maybe that'll reduce immunogenicity and that tachyphylaxis, we call it, that makes it not last as long. Turns out that probably wasn't the issue. Yeah. And then, you know, the other one was a mixed hybrid of uh, uh, different sized molecules that are uh, neurotoxins. And you can it's mention a great them. You can, you can mention Xenamin was the one that uh, was. Well, Xenamin was, with, with, they removed the accessory protein. Right. And actually, it's a good one. And the other good thing is that you don't have to refrigerate it. So it's kind of pack That's and go. Right. I think it's good. And, 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 it's, and it's a good drug. Yeah, it's a good There's drug. It's a good drug. It's so a good drug. Safe, then, FDA Disport, approved. Yeah. Disport. Yeah. What was that? I'm sorry. No, and I agree. And Xenamin is good. It's safe. It's yeah. non refrigerated and uh, it works well. But I, I agree with you. I don't think we've had a lot of immunogenistic problems with no it, it's, it's become really in many ways less of an issue with with the uh, 
therapeutics, meaning non-cosmetic uses, when you use five times the doses, yeah, there's some risk of immunogenicity, right. but not with the cosmetic doses that yeah. we use. And then dysport, the yeah. field of effect is larger, and, and, and you know we've, we've proven that. Um, and it just works a little differently. And for those that have really refractory lines that you can't get out with some of the neuromodulators and you want to hit them a little heavier, I go to Dysport. Yep. I think it's a great drug for that. And, and then the latest one, which is uh, Daxify, I find, and, and, and I would say this early on, I would, uh, I would tell the sponsors, the companies that make and manufacture these products, yours is a little different. Every time I use a new neuromodulator in an FDA yeah, trialist, yeah. You just like fillers, you need to understand the product. Exactly. And then once you understand the product, you know how to make it work well for that patient. So I can use any of them and get a similar result. It becomes a personal choice. And, and so Daxify is the latest one because they have a, 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 a proprietary peptide uh, that they right. use that because Daxify was meant to be a topical. So the proprietary peptide that's linked to the neurotoxin was felt to get that neurotoxin to go through the skin and get to the muscle and it didn't work well as a topical but then they started injecting it and realized wow this is a pretty good injectable so it also has it in my opinion a different field of effect and a different uh, effective potency and and you need to understand that it so lasts a little I, I use them all i think yeah. they're all great again just like fillers if you understand the product and then i have patients who just have a personal bias they go you know what i've been using x for so many years i want to try something new Great. Or I don't want to try something new. I've been completely happy with the product I've been using. So I rarely strong arm them and I never strong arm unless unless they're asking for something different. They'll come in they, as they come into your office and say, hey, I heard about this new drug. What do you think about it? And I'll tell them what I think. And usually it's positive. And I said, if it's something you want to try, I'm, I'm happy to, to inject. Right. But I use them all. And I right. think they're, they're all great. You just have to know There's, how to use them. Yeah. You know, I have to have, you know, the one of the unmet needs uh, and concerns people had was price. So, you know, a, a competitor came out, which which I think is excellent, which is Juvo. And I it's agree. a good drug, you know, and they thought it would be exactly like Botox because it's essentially the same molecule, but it's close, but not exact. And it's got what I feel is a smaller field of effect, which in many areas, like the lower face, is an advantage. I love it. So I love it for the lower I, face. I think Juvo is a great product. Yep. But again, I like them all. I use them all. And it depends on what the patient's needs are. Uh, that I'll, I'll just like fillers, right. I'll use the appropriate yeah. drug for that patient. I, I like that. That's a great summary of them all. And, and they're, they're all good. They're FDA approved. And I think that's very important. Obviously, we live in the U.S., and it's one thing the FDA, it's filtered all those fillers and neuromodulars down to some that are really safe. Because sometimes around the world, there's hundreds of them that are there and some are not safe. So these are all safe. So, so five take-home points for the consumer on fillers and Botox uh, and, and neuromodulators. What do they need to know before they go? And obviously finding a true injector that find, really knows Find somebody in your community that's got a reputation for being an excellent injector. And, right. and frankly, I don't care what specialty they're in. I agree. If they're an excellent injector, good news travels fast. So does bad news. Yes. So if you see somebody who's got consistently problems with their patients or you know people that have gone to somebody and they've just never been happy, that's probably someone to avoid. Right. I also would consider seeing somebody who's not personally biased about a certain brand of products by a certain company. I agree. I, I use the best products for my patients. 
And then somebody who basically says that you need more or, oh, we're going to inject this. And if you don't like it, we'll just melt it away. That's a, that's a, a problem ready to happen. Red flag. You, know, you should yeah. know before you inject somebody that they're not likely going to have a problem. Not we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and then if you don't like it, we'll just dissolve it. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. And that's somebody, in my opinion, that really doesn't understand very well what they're doing. Right. And again, we all get into issues sometimes, but we know how to take care of them. That's the difference. If you get a problem and again, jump on these problems, another point early. If you right. think you've got a problem and you think it's a bruise and you're not sure, but it's painful, you go call that office immediately and say, look, is this normal? Send a photo, maybe present it to yourself to, to that office. Uh, and if you're not happy with your injectables, probably go seek someone else and get another opinion. You know, there are plenty of people that do injections very well. And uh, I think, again, it becomes very obvious who are the good injectors in town. I mean, what's interesting, and Rod, you hear this all the time, I'm sure. When you call somebody's office and they can get you in the same day, it's usually a problem. It is a problem. You know, like, you know, that's somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience. Now, I understand urgency with some people. It's like, oh, gosh, I got a wedding in two weeks and I really need to get in, but I can't see Dr. Rourke. So I'm just going to go to this person uh, who right. works outside the gas station. Um, you know, that's not going to be real good for you. And again, the problem with injectables is everybody does that. I know. And you just got to know who is your the favorite person in your community. And, and it may be, frankly, a nurse injector who some of them are absolutely excellent. Uh, 100%. I agree. So I think wise words from Dr. Fagan. Know before you go, it's, it's really injector dependent upon your result, your safety and outcome. So incredible... Incredible wisdom from Dr. Fagan. And thank you so much for listening. Uh, please send us your comments and questions about other things you'd like to hear. Incredibly great, great uh, wisdom and advice from Dr. Fagan. Thank you again so much for joining us today on Rorick Knows. Thanks, Ryan. Yep. Always a pleasure.